are here with the mighty, magnificent, magnanimous. I keep finding a way to say magnanimous. I love that word. Mike Day. <laughs> Fantastic guy. And so he's here to talk to us about his thousand miles. He's here to talk to us about being a creative, an artist, music, film, family. You name it. He's done it. He's here to talk about it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the question. Depending on the question. Let's get straight into it. Let's go. When you're picking features for your music. Uh-huh. How do you pick features? How do you know that this person's the right fit for what you're trying to do with your album, what you're trying to do with your songs? Let's get straight into A it. A lot of my features are personal. So they're like actual friendships. Okay. They're not like who's popping in the state or yeah. anything like that. It's genuine like I'm a fan of your music and I want to work. So uh, I know on this album, on this album I had a lot. I had mm. a lot of uncredited features too. Like um, I had The Church. Um, always been a big fan of uh, Ivy and his work. Yeah. Um, Jasper, of course, my relationship with him is phenomenal. He's actually in the Black Vote, Talk which about is funny. It. You know, that there go your rapper actor. Yeah, like when you got to put West Arkansas, on, put the absolutely. whole team on. Um, got Bang. Shout out to Bang. We come from, we both come from Central Arkansas, but we met up here, so nothing but love for him. Always giving love to my boy uh, Wavy. That's big bro. Yeah, like, that's that's the mentor. Yeah, as far as like doing music up here. Um, third house, big bro. We both come from Wakefield actually, and so I think it's kind of cool that he's my producer and everything I talk about at Wakefield, he knows exactly what's going <laughs> on. So I think that's cool. Um, King Pimpin. Um, yeah, it was it was a couple other features that uh, I just wanted to work with them. You know. Is it that you are open to their um, suggestions as well when yeah. they come in on a project? Yes. Yeah, so, if they say, uh, hey, I think that we should throw this in there or add that, are you open to that? Yeah, so usually I give uh, I give creative control to them when okay. they, whenever they're doing a verse. So whatever they bring in, which could be ad-libs, they could do a hook, um, whatever, you know, I'm usually already okay with it because, like I said, I'm such a fan of their work. And so, you know, when, when you become a fan, you... You, you want to see the two worlds come see, together. Right. You want to see how that collides. And yeah. You want to see if it can actually make the album. And so, um, I've been great. I've been blessed with, like, the people I've been able to work with thus far in my uh, short uh, rap career. What's your thought process when you're picking the topics that you want to talk about for an album? Because you probably have a big pin board of all the things you want to say, but how do you know what needs to make it to the album? You want to know what's funny? I'm that guy that gets straight to the point, so I don't mm. I don't have a big billboard. I have, like, concepts. I okay. just have, like, concepts and what I want to say. And so um, if, we'll, if we'll use everything is fine, focus. For that one, we kind of, like, um, I kind of got with Raymond, and I told him, you know, I was going... I was getting I was getting out of my depression. Like I felt it. Like I was going to therapy, you know, me and my wife we were we were getting to that point to where our son was coming and like things were solid. And I told him like, you know, before we do the album we said we were going to do, I think I need to retrace my steps and do this album. Right. So we actually had an album concept ready to go. And I kind of canned it because I Ooh. felt like we had to talk about this first. We got to get those hidden tracks, though. We uh, got to get the unreleased. It's album. funny because you will you will get some hidden tracks. Actually, um, actually, the the concept, if I may talk about it, was actually Wakefield, which okay. is the first feature film. But um, you know, I was in a place to where there was nothing negative going on. Yes, and so it was kind of hard to like 
talk about a lot of things when I'm not in that mind state right now. And so, um, a couple a couple songs, you know, that were originally from Wakefield did make the album. So, Peer Pressure. Yes, um, which is hot. Peer Pressure is hot. Yeah, Peer, peer, peer Pressure hot. and uh, No BS. Okay. Those were the two that were like, you could have put them, you could have put them on either album. Um, I think Low was another one. Low was another okay. one that was supposed to be on Wakefield and, you know, it just fit. But you know what's so interesting about those three songs? All three of those songs, to me, feel a little bit like... that. You can tell that maybe they were coming from a different place. Because mm-hmm. Peer Pressure, No BS especially. Mm-hmm. No BS feels like one of them songs where it's like, yo, I'm, I'm tired of this. Yeah. But Peer Pressure is definitely reflective. Low is reflective. Like, those songs are really introspective in a lot of yeah. ways. And so it's, it's funny because Low and No BS, one, they weren't my original tracks. Okay. Like, they were originally uh, King Pippin and Jasper's, respectively. Yeah. And, um, you know, it got to a point to where I asked them, I just asked them straight up, hey, you know, you may put this on your album, but can I put it on mine, too? And they both said, you know, yeah, you know, because it was all love. And so originally, you know, that was the Wakefield concept. And then as I got to, you know, really thinking where my mind was, you know, um, everything is fine. Focus just kind of took over. Yes. And... I actually think it worked out for the best because, like, look at the state we're in today. Like, I don't think we needed another um, Bob Act the Block Top vibe right now. Okay. We needed something that was more, you know, maybe addressing these issues, but we also wanted to, you know, bob our heads a little bit, you know, or we wanted to, you know, celebrate being black, which is why uh, Daydreams 2 and the official track Black made the album. And you're really aware of the emotional tone mm-hmm. of the world going on. So, exactly. So, real quick question is, how much of your art is reflective of the current events going on in society versus your personal experiences? So, I think it just depends what, what project I'm working on. Because Bob Act the Block, that was the world. What's going on in the world, specifically Little Rock. As opposed to Everything is Fine. It was kind of what was going on in my life, mm. you know, because um, and then I guess you can you can take both of them and you can kind of relate to each other because some of the things that happened on Bob Back the Block was personal experience. Right. And then, you know, some things on everything is fine. Focus was just based on like what's going on in the world. And so um, it's, it's definitely a good mix. But one will take over the other just depending on where I want to take the album. And you talked about your mental health Mm -hmm. and you talked about like going through the depression. You Mm -hmm. talked about how there was a lot weighing in on you. You were making art at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, We we had talked about this earlier, but basically as someone who tries to voice the voiceless, like be the voice for the voiceless, Mm -hmm. you kind of can't turn away from a lot of the craziness that's going on in the world. Facts. But that weighs on you. Uh So how do you deal with absorbing all the things that are going on in the world so that you can tell those stories and make that art, but also not going crazy yourself. You got to know when to take a break and then you have to know when to seek help. So when I did buy back the block and, uh, and then going through the things in my marriage, you know, one suggestion, one, one thing that was mentioned to me was therapy. Yes. Originally, it was like, you out of your mind. And like, therapy, for the album, Everything is Fine, Focus Therapy is like interwoven through the yeah, whole album. exactly. Yeah. Like, like you, you you pick up immediately that you're in therapy, but you but you never know why until damn near the end. Okay. And so, you know, and that, that, was, a, that was a spiritual journey because like, if you don't know the album, you know, everything is rooted back in Wakefield. 
yes. where you're from, yes. you know, where you're home. And I think that's why I like putting on for your city or shining light on where you're from is so important because all the blessings and problems that that gets you to where you are in adulthood roots back to where you come from. So the whole therapy thing, don't nobody go to therapy in the hood, but that's because one, it looks down upon, and then two, there's not even enough resources to go across town where the therapy clinics are actually are. Where you trying to normalize it so that people are bumping tracks and kind of subliminally, whether they know it or not, <laughs> the entire album is kind of a therapy session. So were you trying to like normalize the idea of therapy with you this know album? What? I wasn't actually like honestly, I was just trying to like tell y'all what's been going on. <laughs> he said the past just, couple just what years. I've been doing, like yeah, like the past couple of years. Like I went to therapy and let me show y'all what got exposed. Yeah. But like somebody hit me up like not too long ago and they were like, Bro, this is this is this is therapy, bro. Yeah. This is you know, and you you forget like black people almost have like a similar childhood in a way, and so it was it was refreshing to know that people were like, oh yeah, like this is therapy, bro. But um, I, I don't think I was encouraging people to go to therapy by any means. I was just trying to let y'all know I went to therapy. Do you think black creatives especially need therapy? Because oh, yeah. more oh, yeah. times than not, you guys are channeling so much. Now that I agree on, I read that was a status. That was a status that says, "When I become a millionaire, all my people are going to therapy." I could not <laughs> agree with that more. Therapy. Like as soon as like Davision gets there, if you're on my team, every Friday, if you are employed by Davision, every Friday you're going to therapy. Oh, you should have did therapy Thursdays. Ooh, therapy Thursdays. Therapy Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, every every day of the look, week. Look, like, and, and you know, of course, keep that optional because yeah. you know some people don't think they need therapy, and which is totally fine. That's dope. But like, if you want therapy, like, don't even worry about it. Like, we're gonna take care of you. Yeah, yeah. How do you stay engaged with your fans with your music? Uh, because I think engagement sometimes can be tough. So. It's hard because, like, we're in this stage to where music is kind of, you listen to it, yeah. and then you move on to the next one. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really hard for me because all I want to do is create classic albums. Yeah. I want you to You're go like, back that's to all it. I want. Right. I want you to go back to it, like, a year from now and reflect. Um, so, it, it's, it's challenging. Um, and, you know, lucky enough for me, I have people retweeting my stuff, like, every time I look up somebody's story is like, you know, dang, three months later and everything is fine. Focus is still replayable. And it's just like, oh, that's dope. Yeah, and it yeah, reminds right. me to promote. Because <laughs> I promise you, I listened to an album once and I, I'm like, all right, right, that was cool. Right, right. On it was cool. Unless you have like, unless like it's the artist you listen to. So like, yeah. you know, for some people, they, they going to listen to Jay-Z. Yeah. And they will listen to Jay-Z until that's he comes. on repeat for the right, next 10 years. Until he comes out with the next yeah. album, which is fine. And so I'm trying to be in that in that in that realm of area, but that's that's tough. And we talked about yeah. making classics uh, before, but like, what's that artistic process for you for trying to figure out if you're making a classic? Well, I'm trying to first. I'm trying to figure out what story I'm trying to make, and okay. so you know, classics are really defined by a lot of things. Yeah, and that includes record sales. That includes like the longevity of the beats. Like how great it was, and you know, I'm already at a disadvantage because right now I'm not in the ability to sell, you know, a million records to go platinum or right. whatever. But what I can do is like to everybody I know, 
You making classics for the streets right, right. now. Right. <laughs> he said, this like, one for the streets. Make classics for people who know me. That yeah. way, when you see me, you like, dang, bro. I got to make sure I go I go to a show. Or, dang, bro, I got to make sure I Because buy you've been album. packing out your show. So, it shows yeah. that even if you don't have necessarily the money to blow mm-hmm. for all the heavy promotion, mm-hmm. your loyal fan base is there if you're making quality music. Right. Like, what what was it? 2018, we did the, uh, the show with The Ark. Yeah. And... You could you could barely move in that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody and, and was that up meant and a lot. That meant a lot to me because like you thought it was just that, gonna be right, your wife and me, right? <laughs> at that point, the album was what almost seven months removed. I didn't promote it one bit because like the depression spell. And when I announced that you know we gonna do a show, bro, tickets were gone. Yeah, and you know that just shows the uh, the loyalty and the fans. Like when you when you drop something. And it hits them, they're gonna want to see you performing in person. Same thing with the movies. It's like, okay, you dropping something that's heavy, but you know, because you're you and because I know you have great intentions, I'm gonna come support you. And like, I've been blessed. Because you always uh, try to collaborate with people who you respect or you appreciate their art, do you ever feel like your pride gets in the way with collaborations where you're like, man, like, I feel like I'm leaning too heavy on anybody or is it because I since I appreciate your artwork like this is like the ultimate team up early in my career absolutely uh there was a line in low uh meanwhile I see the love of bang I see the love of Jasper the things that I am after but do not get it twisted they deserve the recognition okay come on we bars. all self-conscious I'm just a second to admit bars it. hold on bars <laughs> so come get barred up young man <laughs> and so like you know, I, I think we all go through it, yeah. but you have to check your ego. Your ego can be used for good because you can end up saying, hey, bro, come on this track. I want to see who can go bar for bar. Yeah. You can also. It turns into friendly competition. Right. It turns into friendly competition or it can be negative and be like, nah, man, I'll never work with him. Where I it, won't even listen to kinda, his album. It gets kind of whack. Right. Yeah. It gets whack. And like being in the position of black men or black creators, period, we have no room for that. Like, we're already at a disadvantage being the marginalized group. When are we going to get you and a female rapper on the track? I'm actually working on that, actually. Um, so, one of my... Uh, and you know what? Let me check that. I said female rapper just so that we can know the gender or whatever. Absolutely. But just a rapper who uh, happens to be a woman. Actually, I, I want to... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to collab with the homie uh, Britt. She, uh, I think she's in Atlanta now, but she used to uh, be up here. And um, I'm a fan of her work, so I've, it's it's one of those things, like, I have to start making time for a lot of things. Um, and I also got to be in the in the space as far as, like, making music, because making music is, like, my hobby. Yes. Versus the film thing, this is business. Let's if get into film. Yeah. Let's get into film for a second. So, with film, uh, let's talk about the idea in your head and how it makes itself into reality. What's that what's that process look like for you? A lot of Crown Apple and a lot of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to we're not sponsored by Crown Royal Apple, but we not appreciate yet, what y'all do. Yeah, we appreciate yet. what y'all do. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but seriously, um it it has to be in my head for like at least three days. Okay. And if it's in my head for more three days, I'll write it down. If I come back to that like again, like in three days, I gotta start writing. Um like right now there's like two or three ideas that I wanted to explore 
already in film. I just got to get the actors for it. And then I got to write it down on paper. Do you go... Here's one for you. Do you uh, get worried about controversy in your movies? Or would you rather go after controversy where you're like, hey, if it, if it turns some heads, Bro, it turns it's, some heads. it's weird. So, like... And I'm going to explain this the best way I can. Okay. The Mike Day... Don't give a damn. <laughs> Mike Day wants to challenge you. Mike Day, the rapper, and Mike Day, the filmmaker? filmmaker. Both of them? Okay. Michael Day, as a father... As a husband gets worried. Okay. Because I don't want you to perceive me as something, as somebody who likes to start trouble. Do you feel like your personal brand and your professional brand clash? All the time. Yeah, all the time. Because, like, a part of me, like, and and I think we talked about this, like, it's hard for me to um, cast female leads in music videos if there's a love interest simply because like I don't want people to think yeah you're like, here, you're like here my wife need around. to be right yeah. right people out here messing around but people people don't understand the art of it so like you see and I know it doesn't make sense but you see you know our favorites our favorite our artists favorites, have wives but right. they be making so like Denzel music. Denzel yeah. perfect example you know he loves his wife but you know he's been cast with so many women And I don't think I'm there yet for people to, I guess, justify it in their head. Mm. And so, you know, when whenever I'm thinking of music videos, especially if it's like trying to uplift a black woman, nine times out of ten, I'll probably just like book a guy to do it for me. And then we'll just go from there. Because if you got girls in bikinis in your music video, if she coming, she dragging you off set, oh, she'll no. be like, music video's over. Nah, I, 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 don't know, I don't know if I ever do that. No, seriously, I don't know music. if I ever do that as far as like women in bikinis. Let's, yeah, because we need to talk about that. When we were talking about everything is fine focus, uh-huh. uh, we talked about therapy. Your therapist was a woman in uh-huh. the album. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of cuts about marriage, uh-huh. about love. Uh, with your last film, Focus, your star was a black woman. We just talked about you collaborating with Brit, a black woman, for a rap track. Mm-hmm. And so, what is it with you and how you want black women to be seen in your art? Like, what's that about? Black women get shit done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can we be they honest? Do. Yeah, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Black women get shit done. Let's be um, and, that, and that's not to say we don't either, but um, I just know, like, um, I know a couple things. One, um, since I've been a kid, like, you know, what's that quote they always say? I'll do it myself. Yeah. So, but if they doing it for you, like they, I know they're going to put their all in it. Mm. Like they not going to BS it. And so, um, working with black women, um, I just, I just love their energy. They just have to be on set. And then I also want to use my male privilege to address some of their issues. And so I don't think we talk about that enough. No, I don't think we talk about male privilege. But but here's why black men are so used to getting beat up. They ain't got time. They feel like, wait, what privilege? Yeah. They'd be like, (laughs) Like, we, wait, we privilege. Yeah. Like what? What What, what world you living in? (laughs) No, but it's a thing. Like we are, we, um, what there's white men. And I think after that is black men that get paid. So if black, if you sure it's not like Asian men? 
It could Because I was going to say, they but, might be but getting I'm a just, bag I'm just talking about black and white right okay, now. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, so if I'm talking about black and white, I think it goes to, I think the pay description Two is, men and then two women. Yeah. Yep. And then White, women, black, white, black. And then women on the bottom of the total pole. Right. We have to lift them up. Yeah. Women are, if you notice that every protest, who's in the, who's in the front line? It'd be the sisters, the cousins, the, sisters. the aunties, the moms the, holding right, it down. Holding it down, you know? And so, in a in a way, they all we got. Why why do why why would I use my creative arts to only explore the women that I'm sexually interested in? Do you, that doesn't make sense. Do you think that do you think that um most black male artists uh-huh. are doing a disservice if they haven't tapped into doing more like female led things and projects? Uh, that one's a tricky question. It is tricky because we have our own stories. Okay. We do like I I could I could do what everybody else doing not I don't want to say everybody else but I could do what others are doing and you know just focus on my story yes but my story is mostly being told let's talk about black women you know I think that's why uh, even man, your logo you know, for Day Vision Films is yeah, a woman holding it's, a it's camera my cousin. like when I start my peeling second, back yeah, all the my layers second, yeah. my secondary logo for Day Vision is my cousin yeah you know and that's simply because like she resembles like the black woman and and I love it so much. So um, I don't it's know. almost the pillar. It's yeah. almost the pillar of day vision. Yeah, is black women. That's kind of at the core of what the art. Yeah, really embodies at least right now with what I you're mean, doing. Most of my supporters are black women. Yeah, I like I see that. <laughs> he like <laughs> fellas, know? where y'all at? <laughs> yeah. no, not necessarily. I just know like I guess I just know where my lane is. Yeah, you know, a good husband, a, a good father. My my creatives are dope. Um, and I just know, like, for the most part, like, a lot of black women just appreciate that. It's a sigh of relief. So, for me, I have to, I feel like I have to repay that. Like, yeah. okay, let's get, let's actually get your story on screen so that you can have the platform to talk about it. Um, just like with these, uh, when I do these shows, when I host these panels, my dear friend Tara, she's the one's ho- she's the one who hosts it. She dissects everything I do. Let me pay you forward by bringing you on using your platform to promote the the inequality pay for black women. I, I don't know. For me, I I don't want to step in the way of that. I just want to help. I'm telling you, we're going to get Beyonce on one of your songs. Look, she's going she gonna to look at what you do. She's going to be like, you know what? He with the cause. Like, you know what? I'm going to give him a little you feature. You know what? If Beyonce, if Beyonce uh, gives me an interview or a movie appearance because of this, I'm, I'll retire. <laughs> because that's saying something. <laughs> we made it. Right. <laughs> Is there anything um, hard for you when picking the black experiences that you want to show in film? Uh, Is there anything tough just because there's so many black experiences and choosing the ones that make it to the movie? Um, it is. It, it all depends on where my mental state is okay. at the time. So, I hope this don't come off wrong, but when I did Focus, it wasn't as bad because that wasn't necessarily my story. I was talking to other women. I was talking to reporters, anchors, seeing where their heads were about this subject. And I was to illustrate it as best as I can from a male perspective. When I did Bye Bye the Block, it was a lot of trauma from my childhood that came back and 
it got overwhelming at one point. And so I think it just depends on what story it is. But I cannot stress enough. Take a break if you need to and come back to it. Um, the Wakefield script I'm working on, I've taken so many breaks. I'm, the story will get done. You know, you, you know, I'm into this for the long haul. And if I know I'm into this for the long haul, I don't need to, like, run myself to an early grave over this one script. Right. It'll be okay. You'll get there. What do you do whenever you feel anxiety? Uh, anxiety falls under the uh, mental space. But for me, um, if I feel like real anxiety, I'll probably just call up, like, my other entrepreneur friends. So you, Joey, um, anybody who's into the arts. So Wavy, my homie Alan. And, you know, just talk to them and rest, relax. I'll get with my wife and say, hey, let's go get something to eat. You know, let's let me relax, you know, and and we won't talk about work. So for our listeners who are working on their first film and they feel as though their idea isn't original Mm -hmm. or they feel like it's not necessarily a new concept. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? Man, how many bread companies are there in America? I Googled it. No, I didn't. (laughs) I wish I would. One hundred and twenty eight. Man, how many I mean, how many filmmakers are out there? A lot. Right. There's going to be a filmmaker after you. Yeah. There were there's millions of filmmakers before you. Like I think I told you just the other day, like I didn't know how many black filmmakers <laughs> there were in the world. Like, you know, now granted, I think I'm the only black filmmaker in Northwest Arkansas, but that's a whole nother story. So for me personally, just do it. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you won't be the first, you won't be the last. You know, your your job is to tell a story and make it different. How do you make a story different? Putting your personal twist on it. Mm. So, how many, there's like so many movies about weed. Yeah. How high, <laughs> but, but you got how high. Smoke weed every day. Right. You got how high. You yeah. got Friday. You got a list of so many, um, you know, movies about weed. Like it's It's the same concept, but. People are like, let's tell that story this way. Let's yeah, let's just do it different. What if it's about two brothers who are doing it, or what if it's yeah, about yeah, a mailman? Exactly. Who... I think I think the trouble comes when it gets released like too close to each other. So like, there were two romantic comedies. I forgot what that were like the same, but that happens all the uh, time, dude. It'd be the same movie. Yeah, it'd be the same um, movie. Shoot, I I think I remember what you're talking yeah, about. Though, it's, yeah, because one of them starring Ashton Kutcher, and one of them, and the other one. I think it's just a Timberlake. Yes. I think. And so those two movies came out like a month apart. And I remember like looking like this is the exact same movie. But people don't care. Mm. People don't care, man. They they love you. They love Ashton Kutcher. They love, you know, whoever's in the movie. They not going to care, man. Question. In the last like. It's been a while, but definitely in the last few years, you've seen a rise in um, the big budget films that are about like black struggle, black suffrage. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, Black Klansman, which was really dope. We mm-hmm. had Queen and Slim. Mm-hmm. We had um, what's the movie that I love? Um, uh, the Hate You Give. Okay. Uh, we've had so many movies back to back to back. Okay. Should the end goal be that we get to a point where we don't need movies like that? Well, see, here's the thing. Or will we always need movies like that? As long as America um, finds success from the root it was founded on, which is slavery and, 
you know, the miss the uh, treating African Americans at a at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna always need those type of films, unfortunately, because people learn. People aren't just learning through books anymore. People are learning through these creative arts. And, you know, um, unfortunately, it's just one of those things we need. Now, I will say you can go beyond that. I think um, I try. I try my best to stay away from those. But I know eventually I know eventually I'm going to make one. Why do you try to stay away from them? Simply because I think uh, I think so many other people are telling it well. Okay. Very well. um, That. I feel like I can take a step back and use and start taking action. So like booking an all black cast or, you know, booking a main lead character who is black and revolving it around her, hiring a um, diverse film crew. Um, Those are the things I try to do. Yes. Rather than telling a story that that black trauma, that's what we'll call it. Um, cause I've, and, and another thing I've done it, I've already done it. So, right? th- so I was going to get into that. What's the place of black trauma in film? I I'm on the fence. And so my stance is that I definitely think we need a 60, 40 split, maybe a 70, 30 mm-hmm. of movies about black success mm-hmm. where that's the majority. And then we still on occasion get the, um, Birth of a Nations, we get the Black Klansmen, we get we get the movies more on trauma. But I think because we're always fed Black trauma in films, it's a and lot. And we go through it. And we go through it. It's a lot. But I, there's a side of me that feels like it's necessary, dude. Like and, not and, for not for us, for everybody. And that's else. what I was just about to say. Like you ain't gotta go see uh, the way they see us. Yeah. Like if you know the story, if you've seen the documentary already, there is no reason to put yourself back in that trauma phase unless you just want to learn from another perspective. I, I think we all need our own accountability. You know what to see. You know what will trigger you. So I think that's even why like Beyonce Black is King is so important. Like somebody said, you know, for the first time they seen black people like rich happy yeah and it felt like they were supposed to be rich and happy yes and not like they were an anomaly but like right. this is normal right like this is normal for black people to have wealth like we need more of that like we need to be inspired by that like you know if if all i know is being broke then nine times out of ten i'm just gonna have a broke mentality if i see something that says you know you can become president mm-hmm. like like obama or you know, you can be like Beyonce. I'm going to go for that. Absolutely. You are not the <laughs> you're not the biggest fan of some of Tyler. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just be straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you ain't yeah. the biggest fan of Tyler Perry. No, no. But we talked about do the ends justify the means. And I, and so when it comes to filmmakers who maybe make certain content that you roll your eyes at. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it all, they still try to do something for the community. Mm-hmm. Can you look past the what, the steps they Absolutely. took? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And but here's why. Here's why. Look at what he did in the process. Yeah, he made a lot of black men look bad. But he hired a lot. Especially of black- the dark skinned black right. men. Right. Like they we, made we us real look bad. Like, right. Yeah. But he hired so many black actors. 
He gave a lot of people their first shot. He built a freaking area for Black Panther to get made. A whole production more, studio. Like a Everything whole, that they right. need. And so, uh, and, and we also got to remember nobody's perfect, right? Mm. No one's perfect. And so, when, when you get that and you do understand that he's just telling his story from his perspective, you got to go with it. For me, you know, circling back to uh, black women, black women have, have done me right my whole life. You know, with the exception of ex-girlfriends, but I, but but even then... Even, but we passed that girl. Not even, like, all my ex-girlfriends made me a better man and led me to my wife. Because I Hold know on, what say, I that, like. say that again and say it into the mic for the people in the back. All my ex-girlfriends led me to my wife and made me a better man. Mm. But that's my perspective. That ain't gonna work for everybody. That ain't gonna work for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm gonna call on my exes right now. (laughs) Right, you may be able to get some tips. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for real, like um, it's all about your perspective and your story. And for Tyler Perry, he just told his story. Now, unfortunately, that came with some stereotypes. Yes, but we we're all we we all fall in the stereotype of something. Yes, so. And eventually he used it for the greater good. And now, like, he putting on black people like we've never seen before. Black Panther. Was it one of the greatest things that could have ever happened? I think that helped spark them. That helped spark a movement. Talk about that. So Now, mind you, the comics have existed for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, talking yeah, about I, the I fact that this film yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. a mainstream, big budget ooh, ooh, cinema my, film. Oh, my point about movies. Yeah. People... Only a lot of people only get their experience through movies. Yes, which is why some of these trauma movies are needed. Okay. And so when when we talk about the Black Panther, it's been ex- in existence for forever, forever. Yes. But then we get to a movie, and now now you got little white kids wearing Black Panther man, costumes for man, Halloween. Heck, you got black people embracing themselves. You got you got black people like sporting their crown now and wanting to do more man you got you know i know people who watch black panther man and as strange as it is they want to be a better father yeah yeah like you want to be a better husband and so and so for black panther that was that was almost a certified classic we talk about classics yeah that was almost a certified classic because it made for for a moment Black people came together and was like, this is ours. Let's dissect it a little bit and talk about portrayal. Because I think that's the key thing with Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. But even his sister, Cherie. Mm -hmm. Like, the idea that you are making black scientists cool and and funny and fun. Like, such a simple thing. But now you have a a a young black girl who is the smartest girl in Wakanda. Man. And it's like, such a simple thing. But it probably inspired so many other people. it, It inspires so many women to probably do more. Yeah. To be and, like science is cool, bro. And even as far as uh Killmonger, man, he he gave the he gave the perspective for a lot of African Americans. Like Killmonger was, you got yeah. all this stuff and you don't share with your people. Yeah. But at the end, man, even at the end, um, Black Panther, Killmonger, they came together for an ag- agreement, even if it was for two seconds, and it was forgiveness. Like, cause you know, even though he died, like, dude, still. T'Challa still forgave him. We don't really talk about it enough, but that was his cousin. That was his cousin. Like, we really, people be forgetting that T'Challa and Killmonger were cousins. They're cousins, yeah. And it just shows you how this is your blood. 
But because of different situations and scenarios you've been in, bro, y'all got two different views on life. Mm -hmm. And you got to come together. We all have family members. All of us have family members, especially in the black community, that you might feel like, man, they, like, lost their path. They Mm -hmm. lost their way. Mm -hmm. They might feel like you lost your way. But, like, like you said, even if it's a moment of forgiveness or grace, that's another lesson we can peel back from Black Panther. Absolutely, which which is again, that's a certified classic. And let's not even talk about the soundtrack. Soundtrack's fire. Kendrick, but I mean, thing. if you put Kendrick on anything, yeah. you, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah they said, true. all right, we're gonna go ahead and get this get this W real quick. Right. <laughs> we're gonna get this W real quick. Absolutely. But but not even. Um, it, I, I want to stay with Black Panther just for a little bit yeah. because to me that's like one of the biggest highlights in recent generation of showing black success we talked Uh, about black trauma but talking about black success uh um some of the elements in that movie we talked about like black women as scientists a black man as a king but a black man as a king whose military force was women let's talk about that let's talk about it his his entire circle was um who's my girl lupita Uh was his love interest she was holding him down his mom his his warrior tribe of women. Literally, he was surrounded by strong women who made him a better person. Which goes back to our point: women, black women, get it's done. Mm. And you know we're 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 praising that, but I think we have to we have to stop taking that for granted. Like, cause they need rest too, you know. And even if you want to go to a biblical standpoint, men are supposed to take care of the woman. So. We're not, we're not, I'm not saying like, you know, women stop what you're doing. But what I am saying is for us as a whole men, we have to be just a little bit better. We yeah. have to get better starting the day. Empathize with them. Yeah. Understand that, yo, she's, there's a lot on her. There's right a now. lot, man. There's a lot. Cause like the moment one of us, you know, unfortunately dies, the first person you see, you don't see the homies, you see the mama, you see the girlfriend, and then you see the group of women on the forefront. Making sure everything is held down. Yep. Dang, yo. And so that's why you have such an admiration. I remember you you mentioned it was about how you saw your father growing up as well. Yeah, man. So talk about that a little bit. Man, shout out to my dad, man. Like, I'm, it took me a long time to understand why I was blessed with the father while my friends didn't have it. Okay. And I'm looking now, and I don't like to compare lives, but, like, I understand, like, I understand why I was the first one to get married or or one of the first ones to get married or why I was the first one to, like, have a kid. I get it now because my dad, like, is the blueprint for me. Like, my dad is the reason why I am who I am today. Like, he he told me, like, <laughs> I was making straight A's in school, bro, and he was still... He would still be like, you need to know your history. Yeah, yeah. what else? And what I'd else be, you got? I'd be yeah. like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm learning it. Yeah. And, and like, you know, fast forward, I'm making albums about the black, the black experience. You know, he would, him and my mom, like, they would, they would, they would get into arguments all the time. But at the end of the day, he would love her to death. Fast forward, I'm understanding, like, yeah. <laughs> you like, she did get on my she nerves. She did get on my nerves, but, like, that's my rock. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and I ain't going nowhere without her. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, shout out to my dad, man, because he really, he really instilled it in me that, like, take care of your um, love interest and take care of your business and learn your history because those are the things that, that will project where you're going in life. 
we talked about family. What about the day tribe? Because you have assembled basically, you assembled the Avengers. You put together, <laughs> you put together all the homies that got your back. So how important was it for you to have this group of people in your corner? Bro, I don't know how that happened to be honest. Okay. One day, and as a matter of fact, it was at the concert. I I just saw everybody in the crowd having a good time, and for some reason, I'm just like, day tribe, thank y'all for coming, and it clicked. You're it like, clicked so like, quick. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> yeah, it clicked so quick. I need to trademark it. <laughs> but, like, you know, I've been blessed with so many supporters. Like, and it's weird because, like, I see a lot of people on Facebook all the time, like, man, don't nobody support. Don't nobody, you know, buy my stuff. And I'm just like, man, even if three people buy my stuff, man, I'm, I'm rolling. Yeah, you're like, you I'm know? good. Right. And so I know I don't take that for granted. And so, you know, when 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 you know me personally, when you know me, you know, through my business, it means you have taken time to invest in me. And I want you to know that I love you, too. So the beehive, the future hive, the day tribe, it's, it's all like that. What advice do you have for people who feel like um, they don't necessarily have a support system right now? Man, don't worry on the millions who don't support or don't know. Focus on the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten who do, because they are the ones who are going to grow your business. Get them involved. Like all the photo shoots that I've ever done, it's because people supported me. Like, let me return that favor by getting you a free photo shoot, giving you a free T-shirt, letting you come in and listen to the album before it drops, letting you watch the film before we release it to the masses. Start like showing your appreciation. Like that's that is what is going to help your company grow. And when you get that team, how do you keep them? How do you keep them there supporting you? How do you keep them engaged? How do you keep them excited? Man. Keep, you just said it. You have keep to keep them, them excited. Enga- keep them excited. Keep them engaged. Keep keep putting out the projects. Keep like going on Instagram and letting them know what you got going on. Do you feel like there's a bit of pressure though? Do you feel like now that there's people who are like looking up to you that there is there's a bit of pressure to always be pumping out new stuff? No. Okay. Because they know I take my time. <laughs> he said, "Listen, they, I like, love y'all, but I'm gonna I'm right, gonna sit, they, I'm gonna sit know, and kind of marinate for a and, second." And this goes back to being a family man. They know that uh, family, family comes, comes first. first. Yeah. And so they know that while I'm taking care of the family, I'm I'm doing something. Yeah. Like just you know, I think I, I'm happy to say a lot of my people are patient. Okay. I will say though, when I was making the album, like. Towards the tail end, before the release, they was like, all right, Mike, it's been a minute. Where yeah, you they at? said, where, where is it That's because at? I took two years off. Yeah, you said, hold on, I had to take a little break, y'all. Yeah, right. I had to take, there was a lot going on. I got married. Right. <laughs> There's a lot going on. And so, but like, you know, your people are patient with you, no matter what. Everybody dragged Chance the Rapper mm-hmm. through the mud for making a whole album about how Man, he loved his wife. Yeah. I thought it was sweet. But no one cared. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you being married, you have a few songs about marriage. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's corny to talk about that? What What's your thoughts on it? I don't think it's corny. It depends on your delivery. Okay. So I think for some reason in hip hop, we've like fallen in love with the trauma aspect of it. I had to sell dope to get to where I was at. So you have to kind of blend it. So like, I think that's why like it worked. It works for like Jay-Z when he says, you know, I, I took a misstep in this marriage, but now I'm back and I'm la la la, and that's the happy ever after. But that, but that also comes from 
the black trauma like we we should experience it to get to where we're going, which for me is not true. I don't necessarily agree with it. So when it comes to addressing my love, you have to settle it. I, yeah, and even like me rethinking about my question, that kind of mindset of talking about marriage is whack, that feeds into this whole black trauma thing that mm-hmm. we feel like we have to go through instead of literally just being happy. Right, and and that's a problem that we have to address. I didn't even like my question just now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good though, because like again, I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle it yeah. somewhere. Like like focus. I can't believe you didn't know like that was like that was a good parallel. Like yeah. I smoothed in catch yeah, it. Yeah, like, I didn't catch it. Small parallels to where you the bigger picture you're like, Oh man, it's good to see black love. Yeah. But when you get deep down and when you figure out who I am, it's like, Oh, that's mm. oh dang, I ain't even catch that. Yeah. So in the sequel they're gonna have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no sequel to there will be no sequel to focus. No. Extra focused? Uh <laughs> Refocus. We moved on. on. (laughs) What keeps you creative and what keeps you inspired? Um, What keeps me inspired? I know I'm not done yet. Mm. Like, I have a lot that I want to do. And as long as I have something that I want to do, I'm going to keep it moving, point blank. I'm never never satisfied. Never. I'm only satisfied. Not even. I'm not even satisfied in my marriage. I'm always trying to figure out how to make it better. Shoot. That that one's kind of... Hold on. That one's kind of heavy, though. That one's kind of heavy because yeah. it's just like you have so many avenues. You're always trying to... You're always trying to grow. You're always trying to improve in all these areas. Um, do you feel exhausted? Oh, yeah. I'm a human being. Absolutely. But... I sleep too. <laughs> and I know when to take a day off. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second too. Because I think that that's really important that we, we highlight. A lot of black creatives, because you work for yourself, mm-hmm. you're t- working 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. While everybody else is asleep, you're editing. You're, mm-hmm. you're tweaking things. You're trying to fix something. You're taking notes. How important is it to have those rest days? If you want longevity, you will take a break. You will take a break. Um... And, and it and it's different from everybody. Some somebody can go to sleep for twenty minutes and then be good the next five oh, days. Power naps, right? Some some people. You be taking power naps? Uh, it depends. It depends on the day. I've seen you take a power nap. Yeah, I literally yeah. seen you say, "Hey, I'm gonna wake up in 15. right? And and then keep it moving, right? It, it can be done. So like, I don't know. Um, this week I had like three or four videos done. Mm. Do. I was up till four in the morning. Yeah. Just to get up at eight and take my son to daycare and keep it going. Yeah. So um you know when. You know, something something will click in your head like, bro, your work ain't your work ain't showing how hard you've been working on this. Take a break. Cause because that, the work starts to diminish. Yeah. You because see, you're putting in so much time, you can just see like, yo, if I were to have gotten some rest and spread this workout instead of trying to cram it, mm-hmm. this is this could be much better. Right. Like I just got done doing a music video. And it was, or editing a music video, and like when the first draft, it was like, dude, this trash. Yeah. And you were tired. Yeah. Like you, you could tell to, that you were just kind of right? going through like emotions. You tried to shoot this and then turn around and start editing. Yeah. That, that ain't it. Versus, yeah. versus, okay, let me give it a couple of days. Let me, let me watch a couple of videos. Let me get inspired. And now I came back, and the client is, he will be looking to book Day Vision again. Are you ever afraid that the world may not receive your art the way that you want it to be received? Nope. Talk about that. God God puts it in the hands of who's supposed to see it. 
each okay. and every time. Okay. I'm never I'm never worried about that. I used to be worried about that because I wanted to get paid for my work. Okay. And then I mean, I still do, but like a part of me has. Is this like one of those J. Cole transformations where in the beginning money was super important and now yeah, you're like the art yeah, is more valuable? Like, yeah, like I ain't even got the money that I wanted yeah. yet. And I, and I kind of already understand that like money is just a tool. Yeah, like, to make more art. Right, to make more art. What can you do? What can you do with what God has given you now? So, like, like you said, the day tribe I've gotten has been way more important than the money. That that I that could have been revenue because you almost have like literally an army of people where you're like, hey, I'm doing this, I need help, and they're like, what you need? Yeah, and they're just like, I, right, you know, give me give me enough time to request off. Yeah, yeah. Dang, that's real. That's real. Yeah, what would you like to say to um, aspiring creatives right now who feel like they're kind of at a roadblock, like they just don't know what to do next? They're just like, I don't know where to go. I don't know who I should talk to. I don't have any money to get stuff. I just feel like I just hit a wall. Maybe I should go get a job at Target. <laughs> if you don't if you don't have anyone to talk to, reach out to me at Michael WJ Day on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um being in a predominantly white space, I had to get uncomfortable to talk to these higher ups to the to some of these um white people who were at where i was trying to get and i always told myself if there was another black person that needs help i want to be the one to help them so they don't have to necessarily um be in a position to where they feel like they're begging so reach out to me if you ever like feel like you're stuck and you just want to talk and we we can definitely get your dreams to come to light now as far as like inspiration um, one of the things I do, I just look at what's going on around me. So, like, I'll take a simple concept and make it as big as it is and just make it a big deal. Make your stories a big deal. If you feel like, and this goes back to the question, uh, if you don't have no supporters or less supporters, make sure you promote the hell out of it. Mm. Make it a big deal. One of the one of the biggest things that I figured out between everything is fine, focus, and buy back the block between the albums. The reason why I buy back the block didn't do as good as I thought it should have was because I didn't promote it enough. Like I kind of just gave it a release date and let it ride. Who who am I? J. Cole, Kendrick, Beyonce. I don't <laughs> have that. Drop this yet. on y'all real quick. Versus everything is fine, focus. It's like. Hey y'all, this the album of the year. Yeah, like y'all going, y'all missing out if you ain't heard it. But then, you saw, but you saw because of that energy it was yeah, received. Yeah, and then people different. are like, "Man, this ain't the album of the year," but I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> this ain't the album. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it a little listen. Though. Right, I'm gonna listen to it just to see what it is. <laughs> and so, it, and it, it it intrigues people. Like, huh? This dude talking a lot of stuff. Let's see if he backed it up. Yeah. And so, I, I think it's very important to like put your work. In the hymns of the Jay Z's and the Beyonce's and the Spike Lee's and the Ice Cube's, the Ava, the Avas of the world, like, because the only difference between you and them is they got money and clout. And you get there. Yeah. All but of them both, start. All of them started. With, right, but both of y'all have the idea. Yeah, y'all still got the idea. Mm-hmm. You'll get there to the money and clout. That'll right, come. Right. Mm. What do you do once you've created something? Um, where maybe you were working on a song or you're working on a film and it involved other people, you've created it, 
but you just feel in your gut that you need to scrap it and start over. How do you get past like feeling kind of weird about asking everybody to do their stuff over again? It's weird because, well, it's business. It ain't even weird. It's business. Um, I've made so many songs that got cut. It's just business, you know? So I wouldn't, I never take it to heart whenever something I do gets cut from a project. But that's always been me. I, I know the charges to the game or I end up releasing something myself. And so, um, yeah, that's one that's one to just take take it to the chin. But when when you become a movie, um a and, rip, and you're like, asking like your a actors film director, after they did a whole scene, you're like, Yeah, now that we one, run now that back one, again. Now that one's tricky because like as far as a whole project, nah, I would never cancel a whole project. But we're literally in the middle of like post production for the black film and something happened to where the actors have to come back and uh redo some of their stuff. It's just part of it. We're humans. We're going to mess up. It's okay. fine. Yeah, and hopefully you have those people who understand. Now, there's some who don't, but a lot do. Should us as black people, should we try to fight for a seat at the table? Or do we try to make our own table? We had an example when me and you were talking before of Issa Rae versus Jordan Peele, where we felt like Issa Rae had built her own table. Jordan Peele had found a seat at the table. Both of them reached success. But what do you what do you believe is probably best for black actors, filmmakers, musicians, artists? Well, I can't tell you what's better. I do know as an actor, director, or whatever, you're essentially an entrepreneur no matter what. And so you have to see what that looks like for you. For Jordan, it was, you know, get funny enough to end up on Comedy Central with the greater goal of doing horror films. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's a there's not a one way street to success. There's there's just no way. If there was a one way street, a lot of people would have stopped. Um, and that that's just what it is on that one. Because um, the route I took, I went to school. I tried that one route of being employed, didn't work out, and now I'm doing my own thing. That doesn't mean I failed. You know, that doesn't mean I failed. I just took my own route. That's all that is. What about like disrupting the industry and disrupting just the lives of people in general, right? Like you put out a product. We talked about controversy earlier, Uh but like your product really just stirs conversation. Um, Do you feel like it's your job as a black creative to like stir conversation? Absolutely. Like you want to stir the pot with every piece of art that you make. Absolutely. Otherwise, what am I doing it for? Okay. If, If you don't, if you don't have an answer in your film and your album you damn sure better be having a conversation a conversation starter otherwise you don't get nowhere it's it's a pointless plot and i for one don't believe in pointless plots so i'm always trying to start a conversation no matter what that looks like i'm trying to get you out of your normal thinking and try to help change the world for the better that's my day what does that better world look like to you, to you with the type of art that you make? I can stop making these damn stories. <laughs> you want to get to the point where literally you're like, I don't have to say this anymore. I don't have to say this anymore. Yeah. I can go on to the next thing. But um, until that, we we forever working. And I don't mm. see that ending anytime soon. Mm. Would you ever have someone take over day vision? I know you said like you're building the empire for your son. But in the meantime, while your son's still like a toddler... 
would you ever do you ever see yourself passing the throne over to somebody? Yeah, my wife. Okay. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah, she she's the only one who can fully fathom where my uh vision is because mm-hmm. we talk about this every night. So, you know, anybody else would pro- it would probably do me a disservice. Like I'd probably be in like if something happened to where somebody had to take over, if it ain't my wife, I'm probably somewhere pissed off. <laughs> Damn it, I would have did it this way. I'm punching the air like (laughs) for our Caucasian persuasion, right? If they haven't had any black experiences, they never been around any black people or just don't really have any type of black art to absorb, um, when they finally get exposed to it, what advice do you have for them to to start to understand and appreciate black art and black stories? Get ready to get uncomfortable. Okay. Because Black people have been uncomfortable for the past 400 plus years in this country and uh, be prepared to take a lot in at once. Take a break when needed and then come back and get ready to learn more. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where like um, you have to go into this, whether you're working on the film or, or you are just being a part of you're just a viewer you're absorbing you it. You want to know what's funny bro like <laughs> you have a lot of white people that help you. Yeah, but I was I was going to say uh even just a, a white supporter uh when the George Floyd thing happened. Yeah. Uh I got a call from a friend who she was always, you know, on our side so to speak, but she was really upset on this one. I don't know why this one. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, nevertheless this was it. And she was like, Michael, what should I do? So I gave her these these list of things to like read. By the second one, she texted me and said, this is a lot, Michael. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we just getting yeah, started. Yeah, we're just getting that's started. Just the, that's just the stuff you see in plain sight. We're not even talking about, you know, the history of police officers and yeah. yada, yada, yada. We just talking about what happened today. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, they got to be careful. Not be careful. You got to get ready to be uncomfortable and be ready to listen. Do you still fight to change the minds of adults or you just worry about changing the minds of children? That's a good question. Um, I try to make my films like PG-13 as possible so that everybody can watch it. Yeah. So there's I don't think you're ever too late to change. Okay. I don't think. It's hard. A lot yeah, of people yeah, are set, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of people are set in their ways. It's hard, which is why you know specifically for me, this presidential election is just like it's showing you what a lot of adults think. <laughs> yeah, already. So it's just like, uh, yeah. Like, if that person is the way they are now, they probably won't change, despite you know the promises that they yeah they, they sign up for a whole lot. right right. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And so with your movies, um, do you hope that? White people, I don't even want to just say white people. Do you hope that anybody who's not black, um, like, cherishes your movies? Or you're like, I just want black people to cherish and adore these movies? I want all people to cherish it. Because you got to remember, even black folks, even some black folks don't think that racism exists or we don't have an issue with police brutality. Yeah. My movie is literally for people who want to enjoy film and want to learn about something. If you're willing to do those two things, then my movies are for you. I remember at the Focus debut, like, there was someone in the audience, I can't remember who, but they stood up and they said this was an eye-opener for them. And they felt like they had no idea that black women, especially black women professionals, have to go through so many hurdles when 
those around them don't. Mm-hmm. And it, it can come off, when you hear stuff like that, it can come off very oblivious. Mm-hmm. But it's not... It, it, I think sometimes that's very genuine. Like, they Facts. genuinely, just because they don't interact with a lot of black people, they genuinely just didn't know that it was so hard. Or even think about, like, how the world has made it wrong to ask your coworker, hey, how much did you accept the position? Yeah. Like, we both got manager two roles. Yes. But, you know, the but system has made us $7,000, yeah. $8,000 less than you. Right. And I'll never know because the system has made it, like, very scared for us to be like, hey, how much did you get paid for this job? Almost intentionally yeah. to kind of keep that thing going where yeah. because you don't ask, we can go ahead and give you a little bit. Uh-huh. And just don't tell nobody. Yeah, it's unethical. Oh man, yeah. yeah, that's 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 real wild. Yeah. Do you what has been your biggest challenge as a rapper slash filmmaker when you're switching between both of those genres? Knowing when to take a break. Okay. I, I talk about like take a break often, but I have I have trouble finding when to take a break because like the minute you stop one thing, you're like, let me start. All right, let me start another. Thing. Like I and I think you this past year and a half, you saw me make a movie. And then I told you I was making an album. You was like, bro, didn't you just get done? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now I'm done making an album. I'm doing... um, Then immediately after the album, you start making another movie. Yeah, I'm on my second film. I'm on my second short. But I think the difference right now, I know like... I know with Buy Back the Block, as far as music-wise, I wasn't satisfied. So I was already recording again by the time Focus was done. Yeah. Versus this time... I think I can actually sit back and be like, all right, I'm a, I'm a really put my craft into film right now. And when I come back to music, I'll come back to it. Do you still like proudly share the work that you knew were like some of your beginning stages? So like buy black, buy back the block, some of your first albums, like, will you still proudly share? Or you kind of like look at it like, "Ah, I don't really want anybody to see or hear those things. Uh, It's definitely a mix. So before I became Mike Day, the rapper, I was Kid Fancy, the rapper. Kid Fancy. That's my guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's my guy. And I'll never, I'll never, I will Please, please make an alter ego. No. So we can have Mike Day featuring Kid Fancy? No. But it's the same person? No, because the Kid Fancy dude was like trying to be Someone who he wasn't. And that's why I don't share it. Because... But that's what I'm saying. We could have the kid fancy that be talking about what? Talking about smoking weed and all of that? Nah, not even that. Talking about different women. And and I've never... Kid fancy was was in his bag. and, And this is why it's so important to keep it real in your art. Like... I'm talking about being with multiple women, bro. I've never been outside of a multi-relationship in my life. Yeah. Like... Yeah, you're like, bro. And, like, the one time I tried to get in my whole face, bro, I was, like, writing love letters to the girl that 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 was the one Do you like flame. me, yes, no, or maybe? Right. Like, <laughs> so, like, bro, just... <laughs> To all my people, just be yourselves when it comes to your craft. Like, if you feel inspired by another person's story, that's one thing. But if you're portraying a whole different lifestyle, that's not cool. Uh, we talk about being yourself, and we t- we've talked about evolution before. And 
<clears throat> how we've seen people stick to one lane of music that has worked for them, and that is their self, right? Absolutely. You think of people like Big Crit, a lot of Southern artists especially, Big Crit, Migos, a lot of people who have a, a sound that they stick to, mm -hmm. and it's worked for them. It's been successful, and that's, that's really being yourself. They've honed in on it. But then you look at artists like Childish Gambino, like Kendrick, like Tyler, who've also seen a great level of success, and they have completely transformed their music almost with every album mm -hmm. to the point where you're like, which type of artist are you? Like, well, well, here's the thing with Childish Gambino. Well, no, nah, not Childish Gambino because like he literally goes from hip hop to R and B. He goes, he switches into different genres. He but, got in his bag with Red but Bone, even though. but even then he's just speaking from his. He's probably just speaking from his experience on different instrumentals. Yeah. So let's take Lil Wayne. Okay. Arguably one of the goats when it comes to hip hop, he right? He's the goat. And then to you, <laughs> <laughs> and and all of a sudden he he drops this rock album. Yeah. Excuse me. And so that wasn't out of nowhere. Like he he loved like rock and roll. Rock rock. He and loved roll that rock that. star lifestyle. Right. Like same thing with Kendrick. Like when he put U two on his album, that wasn't random. He's probably a big fan of U two, and he incorporated it into his music to create a triple x yeah and so i i think like when it comes to switching beats or finding a new flow you still have to like you can appreciate that art and find a way to have it in your life mm. if that makes sense so you know for everything is fine focus usually my go-to uh instrumentals are samples yes but i know like and soulful samples. Like, yes. I love soulful samples. And you heard that on forever. Um, you probably heard it on a couple more. But I know, like, I wanted to tap into, like, some James Brown. So mm -hmm. I did Black. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I wanted to make something for the club. So I did Anxie. And, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by a lot. And that, But that's kind of part of the evolution conversation. Like, a lot of times... It's not. I think it's not even always that it was deeply inside of you. I think sometimes you were just intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. That just caught your interest. Mm -hmm. And for me, I make this analogy akin to like having weapons. So like I can have a sword and I can master this sword or I can also learn how to use nunchucks yeah. or I can also learn how to use a boomerang. I'm not necessarily... <laughs> the boomerang isn't as good as the, <laughs> the sword. But I'm not as good with any of the individual weapons but I've tried them out. The greatest dilemma for all creatives, I feel like this is one of the greatest dilemmas, is going after fulfillment, right? Feeling like you're going after your passion or sticking with your comfort zone, which is financial uh, stability and security. Um, you even talked about how you went without a job. So, Bro, like, talk, shit, talk to it. it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so talk to it for, for those people who are trying to figure out, like, yo, do I go after my passion? Mm -hmm. Or do I try to do the safe route, comfortable route? You have to figure out what you want in the end goal. If the end goal is money, then you're going to sacrifice anything to okay. get money. But if you actually like want to do this creative thing and, and still obtain some money, you're going to have to um, see what what jobs will allow you to do so. Because I'm, I'm not going to tell you to be a full-time entrepreneur and you have no idea where money is coming from. Like, we all, we got bills, you know? So, um, I think it's real important to make sure you have a game plan 
for when you do want to go the full-time route. Because, like, right now for me, um, unfortunately, I was kind of forced into it. Like, I know when I started Day Vision, I couldn't find a job. Now, it was weird. It was like it was like a double-edged sword because, like, when, when I graduated college, I didn't have experience. So I made Day Vision to get experience. Now, five years into the entrepreneurial entrepreneurship and having only one full-time job, now the question becomes, well, who do you know to get in the company? Mm. And, like, it, it's so draining when, like, all you want is an opportunity to to make some money for your family and make some money for yourself. So um, <clears throat> I just encourage you to, like, keep zoning in on your craft whether you are you are employed or not and eventually somebody will pick up the phone for sure those are facts those are big facts those are actually sounds like the words of a leader so talking about your leadership skills like that segue (laughs) (laughs) those are the words of a leader leader so okay on a serious note mike day i think that the entire day tribe and everybody who's watching your movement would say that one thing about you that they really like attach themselves to is your ability to bring people together mm-hmm. and bring projects from beginning to end to execute. Um, as a leader, um, I want you to talk more about what has worked for you with leading people and leading groups to get your vision completed. And then what advice you would have for people who need to get stronger as a leader. What has worked? What has worked thus far? I think, I just know my goals. I know what I want to produce. And so I think if you have a clear vision, the people that are working for you or working with will be able to understand and convey it in their own language. So what I mean by that is um, me as a director, I want to create this movie about black voters and how it's not for some black people. It's not easy to just vote for one side. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to book someone who actually doesn't, who, who, who gets the movie. You, excuse me, you book the people who get the vision and wants to help you. Then you start help. Then they will help you develop the characters. Then you go out and reach out to camera people who agree with the vision and not just in it because they want to expand their uh, resume. You get with as far as the associate producer who says, Michael, I want to do this. Let me uh, help you. And they have to believe in the vision. That is the most important thing because if you, if they don't believe in, in the vision, the execution is going to be trash. Trash. It needs to be something that, like you said, they can easily communicate. Yep. Without you being in a room, somebody needs to be able to easily say what the heck we're trying right. to if do. I have to, like, if I have to go on another shoot. Yes. And and I have to know, like, all right, y'all, we can pick it up from here. Yeah. And I, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Mm. So what has been your hardest challenge with leading people for your film projects? The hardest? And maybe not even hardest, but one of the challenges where you're just like, man, I got to figure out how we can do this so we can get the film done. Budget. Um, any and every movie costs money. Like, 
Look, we was flipping pizzas on the last one. Man, like, we were flipping pizzas like crazy. (laughs) And, like, because, like, you can't, it's like a courtesy thing, a courtesy thing. Like, you're not going to tell people to come work on your vision for For three or four days and not have no food. Like, what we doing? Like, so I think the budget is the biggest issue. But over time, that's going to work itself out. And speaking to people who are in the same situation where they don't have a budget, what were some some of your workarounds where you could still make things Um, happen even without too much money? Ask. Okay. Ask people to cover for food until you can either pay them back or they can just give it as a gift. Again, you're going to have people who, like, support you, support you. And so, um, you know, even from Jawari covering one of the days to where he bought pizza to, you know, my wife covering a day. And mind you, the pizza was a good move because people eat two slices and they get full. And they get full. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> yeah, pizza, man. Pizza will do the trick. <laughs> But no, nah, but no, nah, seriously, like you have people who are willing to support. And so if they ask you, how can I support you? Damn sure. Better tell them, look, I just want to feed the people who come on set. Can you cover that? I'm sure they'll do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Thousand Miles of Melanin podcast where you take your journey one step at a time. We have had the magnificent, the mighty, the magnanimous, the oh so Marvelous, <laughs> Mike Day. I found another M to describe another adjective. Mike Day, what do you have to say to the people to end this entire episode? What would you like to say? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. All creatives need help. Point blank, period. That was Mike Day, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Mike, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? And where can they view your content? You can find me in the streets, man. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, get fancy. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Michael W. J. Day on all social media platforms. That is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-W-J-D-A-Y. And then you can follow us at Day Vision Films on all uh, social media. Um, they want to watch the film. They want to listen to the music. Where do they go? Uh, if you want to watch the film, um, we're actually uh, the Black Vote comes out soon when it comes out you'll know i will pub it everywhere and then as far as um the album everything is fine focus is still available on all um streaming platforms i think it's the hip-hop album of the year um it's definitely the album of the year in arkansas so y'all check that out all right ladies and gentlemen this has been the that 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 thousand miles of melanin <laughs>